Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to another encore presentation of Heart to Heart with Anna. Today's show is from season four and was episode number four, Hope for Babies Diagnosed in Utero. One of the most heartbreaking letters I ever received was from a mother who found the first book I wrote, Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, and felt compelled to write me a letter. She told me that she wished she had known about my book earlier. She had been told her unborn child would be born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, and the doctor had told her there was no hope. She had had an abortion and was heartbroken about her decision. She had been told all babies with HLHS died. That's why this show is so important. Over the 20 years I've been involved in the heart world, I've encountered too many people who were given incorrect information. I hope you enjoy today's encore presentation, which features three amazing women, Kathy Betts, Roxanne Montalvo-Sai, and Amy Garish-Bennett, as they relate their stories of hope when they were given the news their unborn babies would be born with congenital heart defects. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the fourth season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Tales from the Trenches, and we have a great story today. But we have three great stories today. Every year, 40,000 babies are born with heart defects in the United States alone. Heart defects are the number one birth defect, and yet we need more awareness about this fact. Thanks to advances in medical technology, more and more families are finding out in utero that their babies will be born with congenital heart defects. There certainly are advantages and disadvantages to finding out in utero. The book, The Heart of a Mother, devotes an entire chapter to finding out in utero. Mothers who find out early that their babies will have a heart defect have the advantage of time. Time for research, time to find the best hospitals or doctors, and time to mentally prepare for whatever the future holds. Families who find out in utero that their babies will be born with a critical congenital heart defect also have time to worry. They have time to see that some babies don't make it. They have time to wonder what the future will hold for them and their babies. Our show today, Hope for Heart Babies Diagnosed in Utero, will involve three mothers who found out in utero about their baby's heart defects. Today's guests are Kathy Betts, Amy Bennett, and Roxanne Montalvo-Sai. Kathy Betts is a mother of a son with a critical congenital heart defect. During a routine ultrasound in her 24th week of pregnancy, her baby was diagnosed with pulmonary atresia. Kathy then saw her obstetrician, who led her to believe her baby would have a terrible life, would have to be kept alive on machines, and that the best thing for her to do was to abort the baby. She was given three late-term abortion clinics. Kathy had never heard of heart defects, 
But because of her faith and believing all things happen for a reason, she refused to have an abortion. This made for a frightening pregnancy, plenty of heartbreaking moments and fears about being a heart mom. But Josh was born via C-section. He was in the hospital for five weeks and had two open-heart surgeries. Josh is now an active 18-year-old young man. He works at Walmart in the tire and lube department. He's also a volunteer firefighter. Reaping so many blessings has made all the struggles worth it. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Kathy. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, it's always exciting for me to talk to another heart mom of an adult survivor. Way back in the 1990s, it seemed like there was so little hope that our children would make it this far. You talked about how your faith convinced you to have your son despite the fear of losing him. Can you tell us about how your religion or your religious community helped you through this difficult time? Well, I've always believed that everything happens for a reason, and I figured against abortion just because I figured if he was going to die, if I aborted him, what if he would have been okay? So I kept him in my church, prayed, and lots of prayers and everything. But I just figured that if he was meant to die, he would die in my arms, knowing that I gave him a chance. I think that's what's so important, is knowing you gave him every chance you could. Yeah, and I was led to believe that he was going to have a horrible life. And back in the 90s, we didn't have as much computer as we do today. I really didn't look anything up. And I really didn't know. And I had read this thing. I got in a pamphlet about abortion, and it asked this mom, well, if you knew your baby was going to die, why did you not abort? And she said, well, some people live 99 years and touch one person, but her baby lived for two years and touched thousands by prayer and everything else. Wow. And that gave me a lot of hope and that was scary. Though. That's a beautiful way. That's just such a beautiful way to look at it, though. None of us are guaranteed any certain number of days on earth. We don't know how long we're going to be here. So why not yeah. make the most of what time we have? And like you said, give your son a chance. And look yeah. at him. He's amazing. And now he's a firefighter. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. That he's, so he's got like this huge heart. They did his surgeries and everything and I brought him in Dr. Bierman, I love that man, said we'd be happy with seventy five percent saturations and I brought him in for his follow ups and he was satin at a hundred. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's so, amazing. So, so yeah, it sounds he like decided, he's doing beautifully. Oh, he's doing awesome. He's really, I mean, he's not really limited in any way anymore. At first, it was kind of like, well, let's see what he does with this. And the first year was a nightmare. With the follow-up and the different people that I met, they helped me through the whole process and everything. But he just kept doing better and better. And look at him now. I mean, had I aborted him, he's a vital human being has dreams, wishes, everything, and a firefighter of all things. Yeah, but. somebody who can <laughs> save other people. Wow, that's yeah. just inspiring. It's so inspiring to me to yeah. hear that he is doing so well. What was the biggest struggle that you had in raising a son with pulmonary atresia? Just the fears. We take him to church, and people were scared to death of this kid. They really were. I put him in the nursery. As soon as he'd be in there, I'd walk away and they'd call me. 
he just mm-hmm. coughed. He just yawned. He's a baby. <laughs> People are afraid of him because they didn't know what to expect. And neither did I, really. Dr. Beerman had told me with his defect, he won't just drop that. You'll notice something happening before. So that was a lot less fear, but... And I've met so many wonderful people through them having a heart defect. You really look at the world a different way. You know. You do. You it changes your world perspective, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So many wonderful things can happen. When you realize what you've been given, it's a gift. It really is. I've it is so a gift. I've had so many blessings from that. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh is lucky to have you as a mom because you sound amazing, too. (laughs) Well, you're amazing, all the stuff you do. (laughs) I think that we're lucky to have our boys. They have inspired us to do more than we would have done otherwise. Yeah. And and I'm so glad our boys brought us together today, Kathy. It's so great to have a chance to talk to you. I can't believe it. It's already time for us to go to a commercial break. That went by way too fast. Oh, okay. I'll have you back in the studio during segment four, and you'll be in the oh, studio okay. with the other moms and me again. So thank you so much for sharing with us. Don't leave yet. Okay, we do have to you. take a quick commercial, but we do have another mom coming up who's going to tell us about what made her decide to continue her pregnancy despite being encouraged to terminate and how her experience led her to create an online organization to help other mothers just like her when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today, our topic is Hope for Heart Babies Diagnosed in Utero. And today's guests are Kathy Betts, Amy Bennett, and Roxanne Montalva-Sai. We just finished talking with Kathy about her experience with having a baby in the 1990s, born with pulmonary atresia, and how she was encouraged to terminate her pregnancy, but how her son is now 18 years old, a volunteer firefighter, and doing terrific. Now we'll turn our attention to Amy Bennett. In addition to being a loving wife and a mom to four almost five-year-old Bodie and heart-healthy seven-year-old Sierra, Amy holds both her JD and CPA. Prior to Bodie's birth, Amy was the chief financial officer of a multi-million dollar educational access 501c3 organization. She continues her work now by doing part-time accounting consulting work for nonprofit organizations. Additionally, she co-founded Sisters by Heart, a national nonprofit organization that provides support to newly diagnosed hypoplastic left heart syndrome families. Bodie's heart defect, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, or HLHS, was diagnosed when Amy was 17 weeks pregnant, and she and her husband were repeatedly counseled to terminate the pregnancy. That prenatal experience was part of what drove her to co-found Sisters by Heart, a desire for other parents in her position to be given hope and information about how well children born with HLHS can and do fare. 
Some of my longtime listeners may remember Amy from season two when Amy was on the show about babysitting and daycare. I'm so happy to have you back on the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm happy to be talking to you because this is a really important topic for us to discuss. It's not surprising that Kathy was encouraged to terminate her pregnancy when they discovered that in the 1990s. But to be identified just four years ago and to be encouraged to abort your son, that just boggles my mind. So can you tell us a little more about your experience and the impetus for starting Sisters by Heart? Absolutely. It truly is mind-boggling because I don't live in a tiny town with an OB who hasn't been working for very long. I live in Los Angeles. I was treated at Cedars-Sinai by the head of their prenatal obstetric unit there. He knew what he was doing. And when I got my diagnosis at 17 weeks pregnant, he immediately started giving me the option of termination. He came into the room with two other doctors, and they spent a lot of time quietly reviewing my ultrasound. And then they very quietly said, we're really sorry. We believe this baby has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And it was obviously devastating. They started immediately suggesting termination. And then for the duration of my pregnancy, at every single appointment, they mentioned termination, which was odd for us because termination is just not anything we would have considered. It doesn't comport with our belief system. So Mm -hmm. at one point, my husband had to finally tell them, please put a big fat sticker on our chart that says termination is not an option we're considering. (laughs) And actually, they didn't even use the term. (laughs) It was was great. And in fact, they didn't even use the term termination. They call it interruption of pregnancy, which to me was always so odd because interruption assumes you're going to go back to something at some point. Right, Um, right. The thing that was so ironic to me is once I started doing my own research, it only took a couple of appointments with that perinatologist to realize that I knew more about HLHS than he knew. When we'd get to oh, every wow. appointment, yeah, we would get to every appointment and he would say, oh, the baby's still growing well. That's amazing. And I was just dumbfounded because even in my limited research, I knew that babies with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, without other complications, tend to do fine in utero because they rely on mother circulation. Right? Exactly. They don't have issues until they're born and they have to rely on their own mm-hmm. circulation. So right. once we got to that point where I realized I knew more than he did, it was just one of those God's perfect timing things. The day of my diagnosis, there happened to be a pediatric cardiologist who was doing fetal echoes across the hall, and he sent me directly to her. And she immediately gave us hope and said, well, I mean, it might be HLHS, but I'm not going to downplay the surgical route, but these kids can actually do well. And so every time I would have an appointment, I would see him and I would leave the appointment just in abject tears and sadness. And then I would go across the hall to the cardiologist and she would have a much happier point of view. And it got to the point where I actually just started canceling my appointments with him. Not that I would recommend people doing that, but I had to do what I needed to do. And I knew my OB that I was seeing was monitoring me and I was not high risk absent my son's heart defect. And I knew the cardiologist was doing regular echoes, so she was monitoring his heart. And so, I mean, I didn't do that for the duration of the pregnancy, but I did that for a couple of months just so I could wrap my mind around the hope side of his diagnosis and not the really tough side of it. Right, right. So that was my experience. And so when my son was 10 months old, I got together with 10 other heart moms and founded Sisters by Heart. And each of us has our own reasoning for why we wanted to start Sisters by Heart. So I can't speak to what everyone else's reasoning is, but mine was largely simply so that we could just give hope to these moms, to the mom who is 
sitting at Target and wants to buy something for her child but can't buy traditional onesies because you can't put them over the head when the baby's stuck in the hospital mm-hmm. and has tubes everywhere. Yeah. It was partly driven of that, and it was partly driven of my own personal experience because if I had a nationally renowned perinatologist who was giving this doom and gloom perspective, what hope was there for a mom in some tiny town with a perinatologist who had never even seen this but only read about it in a textbook somewhere? So my impetus in large part for Sisters by Heart was let's reach out to these moms. Let's give them hope. There is opportunities for hope with these kids. And in my opinion, there are far too many parents who choose to terminate for a critical CHD without having all the information. They do it based on a perinatologist who says the things we were told. Your child will have to have Mm -hmm. a feeding tube. Your child will not have a good quality of life. They may never walk or talk or do normal childhood things, which may all be true. That does happen. But by and large... Most of these kids actually do quite well. My son is not the exception. Most of them do quite well. And if a family still wants to choose to terminate after seeing both sides of the coin, that's their choice to make. But at least my goal is to give them that side so that they can make an informed decision. Because if you're only getting the negative point of view from the perinatologist, you're not able to make an informed decision based on what you should be doing for your child. Exactly, exactly. And, And just so that our listeners know... Bodie was born with the same heart defect my son was born with, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, and Alex is now 20 years old. So there is great hope for children born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome today. Well, I noticed, Amy, that like me, you have two children, one with a heart defect, one who's heart healthy. Did having a child with a heart defect decide for you that you would stop your family at that point? No, actually, we just had another miscarriage last summer at 10 weeks. So, no, we didn't, oh, we didn't so stop. Sorry. We just sort of, oh, it's, it's you know, it's, we roll with the punches as they come. Had we been planning on having a whole bunch more kids, it would have certainly slowed us down, I will put it that way. <laughs> and it definitely made us really think, though, about if we were going to have another child or not. Just because mm-hmm. having a child with a heart defect, if you, like me, are not willing to terminate, and you have one child with a heart defect, going into getting pregnant again, if you're going to try to get pregnant again, you have to go into it knowing you would be okay having another child with a heart defect. And that's a big big decision to make. And for some people, Mm -hmm. that's not a decision they're willing to make. For us, we just kind of vacillated back and forth, and it kind of got made for us, and we had an oops, and, you know, it happens. And then we unfortunately lost the baby. So it went into our thinking, yes, but I would not have let it determine Mm -hmm. our decision-making, no. Right. For my husband and me, we knew before we got married that we wanted to have two children. And so after I had Alex, the doctor encouraged us not to do anything to prevent another pregnancy. But my feeling was I've had my two children. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have two. And for however much time I have them, I'll be happy I had my two boys. So it's interesting to talk to other mothers, especially when it was their second child who had the heart defect, to see, you know, I wonder how I would have felt if it was Joey who would have had the heart defect. Would I still have wanted to have a second? Would I then have wanted to have a third? I don't know. <laughs> For us, I felt like our family was complete. That was what we wanted was two. Well, I have enjoyed talking to you as usual. Once again, time has gone by way too fast, so we need to take another quick commercial break. But don't leave yet because up next we have a mother who found out that not one, but two babies would be born with a heart defect when she discovered that she was pregnant with twins who would both have heart defects. Find out her experience 
when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today, our topic is hope for heart babies diagnosed in utero. And today's guests are Kathy Betts, Amy Bennett, and Roxanne Montalvo-Sai. We just finished talking with Amy about how having a son with hypoplastic left heart syndrome and her prenatal experience encouraged her to start Sisters by Heart. And we'll give you that link in the fourth segment. So I realize now, oh, no, we didn't give you the link. But it will be on the website, and I will make sure that Amy gives it to you in the fourth segment. But now we're going to turn our attention to Roxanne Montayo Sai. Roxanne is the mother of Celine and Jasmine Sai, who were born on May 1st, 2014, with Tetralogy of Flow. Selena was a pink tuck baby and was in a neonatal intensive care unit, or NICU, for nine days. She was sent home with a pulse oximeter machine to check oxygen levels. Jasmine was a blue tuck baby with pulmonary atresia. She had her full repair at 15 days of life and developed arrhythmia after recovery. She needed three cardioversions but was sent home with medication after 35 days in the NICU. Selena had her full repair open-heart surgery when she was one day shy of three months of life. She recovered quickly and came home in seven days. The twin girls are nine months old now and are thriving with help from early intervention services. Jasmine needs another surgery in a couple of years, and both will need yet another procedure before they become adults. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Roxanne. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm so happy that you made it. And although you didn't say it in your bio, I know from being your Facebook friend and from reading your story online that you too were encouraged to abort your babies when you found out in utero. Can you tell us why you decided to continue your pregnancy? Okay, there was just a lot of factors going into everything, but the doctor did mention abortion to us. And we had a three-year-old boy. He made it sound like there was something else wrong with the babies. He said that twins having the heart defect is very rare, so that something else must be wrong with the babies. And we were kind of like brainwashed into thinking that something else was wrong, and we were just very concerned because we already had a healthy toddler. So we were very worried about having two babies with special needs on top of the toddler, and we ended up leaving that hospital and finding answers somewhere else. Good. Well, your twins are just precious. I love all the photos that you shared with me. And for those of you who visit the Heart to Heart with Anna website, going to make sure that I put the photo of the moms and their kids because they have all sent me such beautiful photos of their children. And they are the hope for the future of babies born with heart defects. I'm so delighted you shared them with me. Can you tell us how the girls are doing developmentally? Well, they are a little delayed. Like, they're nine months old right now, and they can't sit up yet. But when I post their pictures on Facebook, and I'll post, like, their developmental status on Facebook, I have other moms that will comment and say, my baby hasn't sit up yet, and they're also the same age, and they're normal. So it gives me hope. 
Yes, and they're gorgeous. They always have such pretty smiles on their faces, or they look real inquisitive. I mean, you can see that there's a light behind those eyes, and they're just very much loved. You can tell that they are very much loved. So I thought that having one baby with a heart defect would be hard. I just can't even imagine being told I would have two babies at the same time, being born, both with heart defects. How in the world did you cope with that, that first year of their life? I mean, they're still in the first year of their life, but I mean, those first months when you were going through multiple surgeries with them. Yeah, no, that was very, very intense. Um, And and I was dealing with preeclampsia. So it was really hard to deal with all of that at once together. And I'm not sure if I was going through postpartum depression or something at one point, but it was very hard. It was very, very hard. To deal with it all but my son he brings such life into this place and he's such a happy little kid even during everything that was going on like child life services was helping with having toys at the hospital ready for him by the baby's bedside and stuff so just seeing his smile just made things just so much better and it's always had hope for my Aww. girl Aww, that's so sweet i know those older brothers <laughs> they can be such lifesavers joey was the yeah. same way he was also three years older than his baby brother and yeah joey got the first smile after the second surgery here i had been with alex all those days we didn't let joey in until after alex was extubated and alex heard somebody at the door and he turned his head and Joey got the first smile after surgery and I was like okay Aww. that's okay with me <laughs> yeah they love yeah, each other yeah. so much and Joey just ran over to the bed and you could see that the worry and everything just evaporated you're right those other children our heart healthy children have a way of normalizing things for us yes. and they are yes. so precious mm-hmm. he was a big Yes. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. I'm going to put all of the other mothers in the studio with us. Kathy and Amy, I've just put you back in the studio with us. We only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to say that even today, there are people who are finding out in utero that their babies will be born with congenital heart defects and they're being encouraged to abort them. And it makes me so unbelievably sad. I know that our show today has a chance to bring hope to those families who are being diagnosed in utero. So I would like each of you moms in turn to tell us just one piece of advice that you would give to a family just now discovering their baby will be born with a critical congenital heart defect. And Kathy, I'll start with you. Take a chance on your child and take a breath and just have faith that things will work out the way they're supposed to. That's beautiful. I love that. Because I had talked to a woman that had aborted her baby, and I had to stop talking to her because her son had a heart defect. And to know what happened with my son, that would break her heart. And she was already heartbroken. Right. Right. Choosing abortion is never an easy decision. It's not easy. And the the women who choose that are not monsters. Those families are not monsters. They're heartbroken. Nobody wants to have to do that. Yeah, I mean, that broke my heart that she was so devastated. She was actually remembering the anniversary of his death. How sad is that? So you know he was loved. He was very much loved. It is sad, and that's why what Amy's doing with the Sisters by Heart, what we're doing on the radio show today, and what Roxanne did, too. She had an article written about her with her twins, and I found it online. That's how I connected with Roxanne, that 
all of us spreading that awareness. We're spreading that hope. There is hope yeah. for these babies born with congenital heart defects. Okay, Amy, you're up. What's one piece of advice that you would give to a family who has just discovered that their baby will have a heart defect? My one piece of advice would be to stay away from Google because so much <laughs> of the information online particularly with congenital heart defects, is completely out of date. This is a field that is moving at lightning fast speed. And what holds true for babies Mm -hmm. born today is completely different than five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And there is so much hope for these kids. So go to Google Mm -hmm. and use it to Google support groups for your specific child's heart defect. And go find moms who've chosen to give birth to children with these heart defects and find out what it's like to live it day to day because I think what you Mm -hmm. will find is there is an unbelievable amount of hope for these kids. There is so much hope. Don't make your decision based on one statement that a perinatologist who's never met a CHD or out in the wild, out in nature. Don't take (laughs) their advice on whether or not to continue a pregnancy. Go talk to a mom. Find out what it's like. Talk to a mom like me whose almost five-year-old son plays t-ball and goes to preschool and runs circles around his friends and has us in stitches every night at dinner and doesn't even know that his (laughs) life is different than anyone else's and touches everybody he meets. Or go talk to the mom of the 18-year-old who's a firefighter and find out. And we will tell you there mm-hmm. is so much hope for these kids. And do not sell your kids exactly. short because there's so much oh, they can do. I love it. I love it. I love every bit of it. And I just want you to share your website so everyone can go and visit it. It is www.sistersbyheart.org. It's very easy to find, and it's a great website. So I definitely encourage everyone to go. They have wonderful blogs with all kinds of information, and I want to thank you again, Amy, for coming. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Great. Okay, Roxanne, you're up. What is one piece of advice that you would give to a family just now discovering their baby will be born with a critical congenital heart defect? Well, I did what Amy just said, which is go on the Internet, and I was terrified. I was really terrified because, like she said, the stuff out there is a little outdated. And what did help us, though, was that I kind of typed in, I think, a PhD and a zip code, and it helped us find the right medical team. So that's what gave us hope that we found the right Mm -hmm. medical team because the first hospital was really very negative and they messed up a lot of things over there with the amniocentesis and everything. So we found the right place and I spoke to a surgeon on the phone as I was about to make my decision when it was life-changing with speaking to him. So just thank God, thank God that I was able to reach him and he gave me hope. And also I have a few friends on Facebook that connected me to others, other moms, like Amy was saying, that had the positive outcome. But now I am reading about some of the, I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say some of the angels and a lot of it is positive, but I mean, I'm sorry to say that there is a few that turns out in a sad way. And that's why I'm trying to still spread CHC awareness just to give hope to the moms that are pregnant and just tell them to do their research, but to find the right updated places with the right medical team. Oh, I think finding the right hospital is crucial. And I'm so glad that she didn't stop at the first hospital, but that she sought somebody else. And then to actually talk to the surgeons, this is what amazes me with congenital heart defects. This is really, even though it's the number one birth defect, and so you would think that there are tons and tons of people, there are 40,000 babies born each year. And yet, the people who choose to work in this field, they devote their lives to this and they will Mm -hmm. drop everything to talk to a mom or to talk to a dad. Yeah, he was on a ski trip. He was on a ski trip. Isn't that? Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was... That now, was if that's sense. not devotion and dedication, I don't know what is. And that's what I mm-hmm. see over and over and over again. These CT surgeons and these pediatric cardiologists, they love what they do, and they are making amazing things happen. And Amy and Kathy are right. Things are changing so fast. We do have to do our research. Finding other parents who are living it right now, that's the best information that we can get. And talking to the surgeons and the pediatric cardiologists who actually work with these families. Well, Kathy, Amy, Roxanne, thank you so much, ladies, for coming on the show. And I think that your story will certainly bring hope to other families who have found out in utero that their babies will be born with a congenital heart defect. So thank you, all three of you, for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anna. That concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thank you for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern Time for a brand new episode. During the month of February, also known as Heart Month, Heart to Heart with Anna will broadcast a show every day. On Tuesdays, we'll have a brand new show featuring our theme for Season 7, Congenital Heart Defects, around the globe. The other days will be encore presentations with a brand new intro. If you'd like to know what shows will be featured, you can check out our website at www.hearttoheartwithanna.com. Please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our Cafe Press Boutique. Revenue from the Cafe Press Boutique helps to defray the cost of this radio show. Follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and especially on Spreaker. Once we get to 100 followers on Spreaker, we can petition iHeartRadio to carry our show, and then people can listen to Heart to Heart with Anna in their cars. Thanks again for listening. We know that congenital heart defects touch people all over the globe. So remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. Music.